My guest today is Dr. Bethany Gamble. She is the Diversion and Compliance Coordinator at an academic institution in the Southeast. Good morning, Bethany. Good morning, Terry. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited for our conversation. Oh, me too. Me too. You, there's a lot I know that you have to share. And today we're going to talk about how, well, number one, Bethany's institution has decided to go through the process of getting diversion software. And number two, there was quite a vetting process of the various companies. And so I thought it would be really great to share with all of the listeners what kind of list you put together to find what was best suited for your needs, because that can be a pretty daunting process. Yes, it can. It can. Yeah. It's like, where do I begin? How do I even compare? And how can I be assured that I made the right choice? For the answer right. to that last one, we may have to have you back in a couple of years to see, <laughs> yeah. did you make the right choice? <laughs> exactly. How did it really go? <laughs> yes, exactly. What they say is one thing. What really happens is another. Yes. All right. So um, first, what is your institution? I think you're still in the implementation process. So mm-hmm. just quickly, what does your institution do now? Is it just a complete manual process with basic reports? Yeah, for the most part. So like you said, I'm I'm at an academic medical institution and we have um, eight hospital sites, over 200 ambulatory sites. We have surgery centers and urgent care centers, and we also have retail pharmacies. So a lot of different areas um, for the most part. So I'm the only diversion coordinator for our institution. Hopefully we will change that in the near future. <laughs> um, but yes, it's it's what I say is the typical old school manual process. So we have our canned reports that come from our automated dispensing cabinet system um, that scan for the usual diversion things that we're all looking for, heavy handedness, discrepancies, waste trends, null transactions, things like that. Um, in addition to that, we do have some um, homegrown reports out from that our EMR team um, has put together for us that kind of pulls together the whole um, dispense administration waste return transactions. And so that does help us to put the picture together, but it's still the manual review um, that's being done to really identify all of the points that you're looking um, for in that process. Um, So we have a proactive side of things that involves daily reviews of certain reports, um, monthly reviews of certain reports, and then we do monthly spot audits. But as you can imagine, it's definitely spot audits since it's a very manual process and and it's me. I do have help from our pharmacy managers. They do do some of their audits on site, um, but I have review of all of those. And then there's always follow up, whether it's diversion investigation, follow up or compliance. Right. Um, so definitely the old school process um, is where we stand at now. And so that's why we were looking to change it um, and, and move into the 21st century. As they say. Yes, yes. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Well, walk us through your decision making process, because I know that you put a lot of, of time and thought into it. So walk yeah. us through that. I mean, I feel like a lot of people in in our positions um, aren't even given the opportunity to say, okay, we think we're going to have funds for this, right? Because diversion is one of those things where it's like hard to do a true ROI on and it's hard to get leadership to understand, okay, we need to allocate more funds, whether it's to people or to software. 
Um, and so when you're given that opportunity, you want to make sure that you're making the right decision because you know you're yeah. going to be stuck with this for a while and it's your day to day. Um, so it was very important to me um, from the beginning to make sure that I did as a comprehensive as a review as possible. So uh, before I kind of get into the data points, I'll kind of I can kind of go through how I went went through and, and looked at every uh, mm -hmm. company and ranked everyone. That'd be great. So I kind of did it in a two step process. I collected all the vendors who were um, you know on the newer side of diversion detection. And so those vendors that were true machine learning, true, you know, artificial intelligence, because I knew that's what I needed to be able to really have more insight um, than just those spot audits or just those, um, you know, diversion reports that were really only looking at one aspect of diversion. And so what I did was I collected all of that, all of those vendors, and I did an initial demo with them. And I kind of knew what I was going to be getting at the basic level. From that, that initial um, demo meeting with all the vendors, I took information from there and then I started creating a spreadsheet that had a list of items um, from information from those meetings. But then I included information with what do I have now? What do I not have now? Um, what unique scenarios have I encountered where people showed me really creative ways to divert? Um, and then that says, oh, wait, we've got an opportunity here. Um, and, um, really it came down to a wish list of, of how I could do my job, how our organization could protect ourselves, protect our patients and our team members. Um, so when I got done, that created about 40 different data points, if you will, oh. that I was looking at these vendors. <laughs> so, um, looking at the bait, what I say, the basic of those data points. Um, if you, if a vendor couldn't meet the basic, then I just ruled them out. And I was like, okay, you aren't going to move on to what I was calling my phase two. Um, so those that did, we moved on to phase two and I requested a second meeting for a demo. Um, and that's where we really dove in, you know, they're going to naturally dive into more details when you do that second demo, cause they know that, you know, you're interested, they're likely going to have a larger team there. Um, representing different department areas of their company. Um, and then I brought my questions and, you know, we just, it was a back and forth conversation from there. Um, sometimes they were not able to answer all of my questions. Um, they had to get back to another team member, um, which was fine. But ultimately I got my spreadsheet completed with everyone's information. It did take some time and back and forth. Um, and then I sat down and I just reviewed it and saw what people could do and what they could not do. And it was really nice because from some of the answers from the vendors, they were able to identify questions that I didn't ask that then I could take back to other companies and see if they could do something like that or similar. Um, and it just really helped me identify what all the possibilities were are and who could meet them. So I sat down with my executive director of pharmacy after that and um, basically ranked them. And then we had to take into account the financials, like I say, because some have pricier uh, price tags than others. <laughs> um, so from there, I really had my top three, I would say, that it came down to. Um, and that's basically how we ranked it. Ultimately, I came up with my number one. I kind of always knew from the get-go who I wanted. Um, and then we kind of move forward with conversations with them there. And then, like you say, we're going to be implementing here very soon. Um, so I'm very excited about that. So that was kind of the process. Um, okay. 
So what were some of your, yeah, what were some of your data points? Like, what were you looking for? Right, right. So like I I said, I kind of knew, well, I definitely knew that all of the companies were going to meet your basic data points of um, transaction, you know, trends, like we kind of talked about, waste. Reconciliation. All all of that type of thing. Um, But what I really wanted to make sure um, was that how they were using their machine learning, because I know all machine learning is not made the same. some people will identify machine learning as machine learning, but it's really not. Um, and it's just kind of a glorified um, heavy handedness report. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I wanted to make sure that that was truly taking place. Um, so I did that. But then I wanted to make sure past that. What are the extra data points that I currently try to look at if I can, if we have them? Um, that, that would be pulled into that whole picture of interpretation for me. And those included wholesaler information. Um, so pharmacy is just another area of interest, right? I feel like in diversion, we talk about nursing very often, anesthesia, Mm -hmm. um, that type of thing, but you know, pharmacy houses all the drugs, you know, that's where everything comes in that back door. And and gets put away. So we always say we want to track from door to floor. And so being able to have that wholesaler information um, pulled into the system, which obviously then could be linked to your central pharmacy vault. Um, and then from there, everything flows out. Um, so that would really able help us to be able to look at pharmacy activity and that whole door to floor. So that was very important to me. Um, The other thing that I wanted to look at was um, time clock and badge swipes. That was really important to me to have that information in there, because a lot of times not only are we looking at transactions within the EMR and the automated dispensing cabinet, um, but we really want to track their movements. Uh, Sometimes maybe we have statements about what they were or weren't doing. Um, and maybe those can be cooperated or maybe they are not when you're looking at cameras or badge swipes or, um, time clocks. So that's really important to see that information. So I wanted that. Not not too long ago, I had a case and it was the badge data that was like, Hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. And then, and then when you say you're somewhere that you said you weren't now, it's like, okay, well, what else, what else is really going on? Right. Um, HR information, I will, I wanted to have that pulled in too, as far as scheduling. Um, and so that's very beneficial again, timely, just getting timely information. Cause you can always ask the nurse manager to tell you what the scheduled shift was, or if it was an extra shift or all of that. But when it's right at your fingertips, it just cuts mm-hmm. down your investigation time. Sure. Um, medication scans. I can see that now. Um, but again, it's just manually pulling that in with everything else to create a picture. So I wanted that in there. So those were kind of the additional data points that I wanted to make sure uh, were brought in. But there was also kind of some specialty areas that were that are currently the thorn in my side, if you will, um, that are really hard to gain insight into. So okay. controlled substance infusions are oh. a big risk point, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like you talk to every diversion coordinator and they just hate it. It's just like, don't get yeah. me started on controlled substance. Infusions. Right. 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 How <laughs> much is in the tube? I don't know. Yes. Uh, what was <laughs> the priming close volume? Enough. Yeah, close enough. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. What was the priming volume? Was there extension tubing? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's a lot involved with documentation, as you know, with controlled substance infusions. So one, just capturing that documentation is huge. 
And then two, all of the waste that's involved with it, trends, the time frame, like you say, uh, my institution requires handoffs at certain times and other times not, which was a dual verification process with a witness. So, um, you know, that's again, all manual. In the past, we were on paper, thank goodness, several years ago that stopped. We're incorporated in the in the <laughs> electronic medical record now, and I have a report I can run. But again, nothing's being identified for me. It's just it's just a data a data dump, if you will. Right. Yeah. So um, wanted to get some more insight on that because it is such a, a risk point. We have a 50 ml syringe. Um, the other thing that I wanted to have more insight into is the operating room. We, we all know the diversion risk of the operating room. Um, you know, it's hard to see in there. Again, we are coming from a pseudo manual process. Um, I am happy to say that we have finally converted our whole institution to having uh, anesthesia workstations in the OR. So that will be data that's flowing in. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess I think that is one thing, good thing to point out that is easy to overlook when these companies are telling you, we can do this, we can do this. Well, are you set up to feed that data to them? Right. I see you shaking your head is a big yep. thing because it's easy to get caught up in that. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, well, four of they, these options that you offer, we aren't can't even do. Benefit. Yeah. 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 They can't suck it off of the piece of paper. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I'm happy that we've moved to that. So that'll be data that's available. And, and my institution, I'll say, given that we were um, a whole manual process in the OR, we did do a really good job of manual rec reconciliation and identification of issues. But what you can't do is identify that usage trend. You know, mm -hmm. like when we have investigations, of course, we will get like a sample size of other mm -hmm. anesthesia team members to compare to and like cases and that's a small sample size. That's a lot of work and interpretation. Um, Cause yeah. you know, there's a lot of factors that, that you have to take into consideration with that. Well, and it's, and it's only after you've been alerted to the fact yes, that there may be exactly. a problem. Yeah. Right? Otherwise it's, it's just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. reactive, which as you know, DA and your local authorities don't want to hear reactive anymore. They, they you know, they want to see what are you doing proactively? That's right. everything. So yeah. So, you know, that that's what I want to be able to do, do is to be able to identify those um, anesthesia team members who are just using medications at a higher rate when it's normalized to case and that type of thing. Um, so I, I wanted to make sure that we had an opportunity there. Um, I, I kind of already hit on it, but pharmacy was a big thing for me, too. Just, again, another manual process where you're just looking at information and trying to deduce what happened when it comes to trends. Mm -hmm. um, especially when it comes to our refill technicians um, who are going, you know, from central pharmacy up to the floors, that type of thing. Um, I wanted to have some insight into that. So that was kind of another specialty area um, that I looked into. You know, another thing that I looked at was MAR actions. Um, I hate MAR actions. Mm -hmm. uh, editing of the medical record and MAR actions, it's always... Well, first, I guess we should say anytime you have a lot going on in a case, you know, your antennas go up. I'm sure, you know, it's like, OK, this is not normal that this is happening this mm -hmm. often. Yeah. Now we know something's going on here. So now we know the stakes are high and we have to really dig and try to figure out what's happening. Right. Um, so what I see with more actions has been um, 
right now I can identify if someone's in the medical record at 1.15 in the afternoon, but they back chart a dose was given at 12.15, I'm able to identify that. Um, again, it's manual. So one, I want it to be identified for me. Um, but the other issues that I see are when someone edits um, a administration and maybe changes it to uh, not administered. Um, mm -hmm. I really want to be able to see that information more. Um, I want to be able to see uh, when we have PRN medications that are pulled from our automated dispensing cabinet, it creates a due time on the MAR. I would like to be able to see more um, insight into due times and if due times are changed, that type of thing. Um, it just, what I say is it just muddies the waters. And so mm -hmm. I want to be able to see when that's happening, how often, and if there's an associated trend. Yeah. Um, so you, that, you, that was you, important to me. You had mentioned earlier that you your wish list was kind of based on some of the cases that you've seen. So I'm curious on the the editing of the MAR or the due times, can you share, I'm assuming you had a case and that's where you kind of saw some stuff going on. Yeah, I've definitely had had a few instances uh, where credits have been a thing. So basically the way it looks in our electronic medical record is you have, let's say a dispensive of fentanyl, let's say we're in an ICU. Um, that's where one case that's coming to mind um, is, is coming up. So you have a dispense of a fentanyl. Um, it's definitely the Q30 minutes, right? So they're going to be able to access yeah. it often. They mark administered and then they go in and they change it. So then it shows up as a credit because we're charged on administration um, at my institution. Okay. So if they change it to not given, then it will show up as a credit. Okay, so if you change it to not given, then I would be looking for a return or a waste, right? Because we have to be able to account for the medication. Mm -hmm. um, but then sometimes right after that credit, I'll see another corresponding administration. So it'll be dispense, administration, credit, administration. I see yeah. that sometimes. Yeah. Now, now that, when I see it occasionally, it's a nurse who fumbled in the EMR. And they're like, wait a minute, maybe they, maybe it was a AWS protocol and there's multiple lorazepams on the MAR and they put it on the wrong one, or maybe it was a 0.5 dose and they pulled a one, you know, it's something that they fumbled. I see that when I see it isolated, it's not a big deal. Uh, when I see it over and over and over again, every single time it's been a slam dunk diversion case. Really? Uh, yeah. So with those credits, sometimes they fix it to where it lines up and you don't have anything missing. Right. Um, but then sometimes I, I don't, and, and I've gone in with nursing to look, to test it, to see like, what does this look like to a diverting nurse? Like, what are they trying to make it look like when in reality on the other end, it's still throwing red flags. And the only, we haven't been able to pinpoint like what they're trying to do. And of course, those that we've caught don't want to tell us, you know, they never copped everything and they don't want to tell us what they were trying to do. Um, but ultimately, I think it is a combination of changing of due times um, and then canceling out the dose. Um, and then sometimes they'll mark wasted medication as like a comment in the medical record. But guess what? That's not, you have to waste the medication in, in the yeah. automated dispensing cabinet. Right. So right. 
I think they think that since the Omnicell or the Pixis would speak to um, the electronic um, medical record, that the electronic medical record will speak back and make the records okay. Um, sure. But it, it doesn't work that way. So okay. I would see those comments sometimes that they wasted. Sometimes they don't put it in there. Um, but ultimately, you just don't have the medication accounted for. And when you have that every 30 minute on the MAR, then um, it only makes it harder to keep up with because then you have a lot of dispenses and you have a lot of administrations and a lot of editing of that medical record in the meantime. Sometimes they're holding on to waste. Sometimes they're holding on to the first dose, but administering the second dose, you know, because bottom of the line is the people who I've seen who were doing this all had one thing in common. They were very far along in their addiction. They had gotten very sloppy with their practice um, and just not being as, as clean um, with their mm -hmm. documentation. That's, that's yeah. the one thing that they had. Hmm, that um, gives yeah, that gives me, we're getting a little sidetracked here, but this is, this gives me something to look at because I have seen those and what we found in a couple of cases, supposedly, right now it's making me doubt is that it was a process issue with the Rover versus the PC mm -hmm. versus it not connecting and, but yeah, I still see it. Now I, I haven't seen that they chart anything on the MAR, like not given, it's mm -hmm. literally just, you know, the credit. It's like, what is that credit all about? Yes. And then the administration and um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because if they change, if they chart that administration and then they change the MAR, they put that MAR action where it says given, and then they change it to not given. If you're charged on administration, it'll now show up in the EMR as that credit. So and, that's and how that credit got see there. That, I do see that with my innocent nurses. Again, it's only a couple of times when I'm looking at their stuff right. one time. And it's right. that they charted, they gave it to the patient when they weren't really giving it. Five minutes later, the patient refused. And they're like, oh, wait a minute. They didn't get it. Okay. So they okay. go back in and they change it. And that's just, you know, a, a compliance conversation to have with them to say, you, sure. can't, you can't chart it unless you're really giving it. Right. Um, and that's right. why I see it when it's the onesie twosies. But boy, when I see it back to back to back, Someone can't keep up with when they pulled this dose and when they gave this dose. And if they're holding on to waste, I see holding on to waste associated with that type of behavior a lot um, because okay. they just they can't keep up with what's what, if that makes right. sense. Right. OK. Interesting. Yeah. OK. Yeah. All right. Um, I also really wanted to make sure that I, once I got the handle, because I know that it's going to be a process of implementation, but once I got the handle of the system, got the handle of the workflow um, and everything, that I would have the ability to look at non-controlled substances and mm -hmm. um, override medications as a whole, not just for controlled substances. So I wanted to make sure um, that the companies offered that option as well. Um, so that was another thing that I looked at. Um, one item of large interest is kind of on the compliance side of, you know, again, what is your institution doing to detect and prevent diversion? And I wanted to, our healthcare system is really good at, at um, ensuring that diversion is a shared interest. Of course, I'm leading it. Of course, it's my responsibility, but diversion is everyone's problem. Yeah. So we wanted to make sure that our nursing leaders and anesthesia and other department leaders 
um, could have the appropriate access for them to log into the system to see just their areas. Because again, I'm protective of my data. I think you probably understand that. Um, could log into their areas and then I would be able to capture that. Um, because you know, right now, who's to say that um, leader A is looking at their monthly reports that they get? There's no way to be able to see that. So I yeah. wanted to be able to quickly and run run a report and see that and be able to see that they logged in. Um, and that's something that our diversion committee can report out on and use, you know, executive leadership's um, help to enforce that that's being done to really make sure that we are living up to what we say, that it's a shared responsibility. Um, so that was a big thing that I wanted to make sure that was there. Also along that, that lines I, about who has access to what, as I mentioned, um, there's one of me, but it's a shared responsibility. I wanted to be able to see, can the system break out data um, by market, by site? Um, and then furthermore, from an investigative standpoint, not just by unit, because we can do that now, right? But can you break it out by specialty type? So travelers, you know, can you can you look at that group uniquely? Um, you know, we have a large department of float nurses um, that are our team members. They aren't travelers, but they float. Um, yeah. So, you know, can you break those people out? So that was important for me uh, to be able to see that information as well. Um, record retention and how the files uh, could be exported was a big deal because, again, I was thinking about my day to day. One, we have to make sure that we have our ready, readily retrievable records, right? How many times have we said that um, available for the last two years for if someone comes knocking on your door? Um, so I wanted to make sure that that was there. I knew it would be, but, you know, you just have to make sure. Um, yeah. And then, two, you know, when we're handing over these records, we all know, you know, in each, our, each state is different and even each investigator is different within each state or if you're talking about the federal level. But we know how they like to have their information packaged up nice and neatly for them. It makes it easier on us. It makes the relationship better um, between us and them. And so I wanted to make sure that I would still be able to export what I would need to in the correct form and type of document and get that information to the regulators. And I'll tell you, that was one thing that I was surprised um, that a couple vendors were shocked at my question and needed to dive mm -hmm further and make sure that they could do that. I figured it was a standard, but I was a little bit surprised. Everyone could end up, you know, providing what I needed, um, but they had to go back and check on a few things for me. Um, so that was one thing. And then I really think the last area that I looked at was other types of patient care areas. So as I mentioned in the beginning, we have ambulatory surgery centers, mm -hmm. we have urgent care centers, and we also have retail pharmacies. Um, I'm not as involved with our retail pharmacies um, because it's just a little bit different and the breath that it takes to cover everything. Um, but I wanted to know, again, do you have the ability to do that once we get a handle of how we're going to use this system? Right. Um, so those were there's many more items, but those yeah. were the important ones that I can think that um, really affected the day to day and really what I felt like would take our diversion program to the next level to where it needed to be. And you know how it feels. You just want to that heartburn when you go to sleep at night, feeling like worrying that you're missing something mm -hmm. that's heavy. It, it weighs really heavy. So I was trying to see yeah. how much of that, how much of that heartburn could I take away? Yeah. Uh, 
I want, I want the information to come to me. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's great. Wow. Very, very comprehensive. Um, I, uh, three years ago now, maybe I think I did a product review of the different software solutions. And there's been a couple of more that have come on the scene and it's time for me to redo another one. I think I need to get your information. You've done my work for me, Bethany. <laughs> yes, yes. I was about to say, do you have PTSD? Because I feel like if the next time I have to do a product review, I'm going to be like, oh. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's expensive and it's a, a pretty mm -hmm. big decision. You know, like I you know, said, you're, you you're say, investing you a lot. Like it's like that one shot, you know, it's like, this is my shot. This yeah. is what it's going to be yes. for the next several years. Yes. So you want to yes. get it right. Yep. All the time and money and everything that you invest into it, it is a big deal. Yes. Well, thank you very much for sharing. That was a lot of great information. I'm sure it gives people something to think about. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, that would be nice to have. Or, you know, you, you need to think about those things yes. and being able to draw from your experiences as to how people got away with something. I think that's great because now you've got that insight like, oh, I need to be able to see this because right. it happened. Right. It's yes. always evolving, but at least you can, always. you know, you know what you've seen already. Yes. So I think that's fantastic. Well, thank you very much. I know you have a very busy day. Um, <laughs> she's a diversion specialist, so we'll leave it Always. at that. I know she's got something on her plate right now. So yes. I'm going to let you go. But I want to thank you very much for, for spending this time with me. Oh, thank you so much, Terry. I really appreciate that you had me on. I do hope that everyone finds this information helpful. And then um, hopefully we can get together soon for another conversation to talk about more fun. I would love stuff. that. I would love that. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, okay, Bethany. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye.